Coming up on the WAC Podcast, it's baseball season. Yes, it is. We have the preseason poll is now out. Softball had its opening day. We're only five weeks away from WAC Vegas. We'll have some breakdown of that. Kendra is going to have a conversation with GCU head coach Molly Miller and a big announcement regarding a new school in men's soccer. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. A few technical issues today, so flying solo for this part. We had a great podcast, thought we recorded, but uh, did not happen. But uh, nonetheless, happy to have you with us. Eric Danner here, starting with our preseason baseball poll. No surprise, Grand Canyon at the top. Seventh year in a row, the Lopes have been the best team in WAC baseball, according to the coaches in the preseason, receiving nine first place votes. Daniel, or I call him Danny, it says Daniel Avidia is our preseason pitcher of the year. Second place goes to Utah Valley. Coach Eddie Smith building a nice uh, program there in Orem, Utah. Daniel Dickinson, co preseason player of the year, the second baseman as a freshman, was first team all whack. Number three in the preseason poll, California Baptist. They also receive a first place vote, only one point. Behind Utah Valley, Mitchell Simon, their outstanding third baseman, is the other co-preseason player of the year. He set a record at CBU last year with most home runs in a season. Abilene Christian checking in at number four, followed by UT Arlington, UTRGV at number six. Sacramento State, who is an affiliate member in the WAC in baseball, is number seven. Seattle U, Tarleton State, Stephen F. Austin, and Utah Tech round out the preseason coaches poll. We had softball opening day on Thursday. Top two teams in the nation played WAC schools. Tennessee run-ruled UT Arlington in what was the first game of the year, and that was in Arlington. So the number one team coming to the Dallas-Fort Worth area to play that one. Oklahoma in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Um, they dismantled Utah Valley 13-0 to in that one. So uh, our team's scheduling up, as they say, playing some uh, big-time opponents on opening day, and then everybody is going to get underway on Friday. Big announcement in men's soccer is San Diego State is joining the league. The Aztecs, former members of the WAC back in the 90s, did have men's soccer, rejoining uh, the WAC in this case, and they will be a part of our men's soccer league, which also includes Air Force, UNLV, San Jose State. So Mountain West doesn't sponsor men's soccer. San Diego State, uh, of course, a member of the Mountain West and all their other sports will be joining the WAC in that sport. They were a member of the Pac-12 in men's soccer prior to this. And uh, as you know, Pac-12 will no longer be starting next season. WAC Vegas is just five weeks away. Hard to believe we are that close to the conference tournament. Some big games played last night. Kendra Sheehan was actually in Houston broadcasting a game between Southern Utah and Utah Tech as the the Trailblazers come out on top in that one by two points. Utah Tech now five and seven in the WAC is a huge game with implications of who's going to make WAC Vegas because eight of the 11 teams will be punching their tickets to the Orleans Arena. Grand Canyon did not play last night, so they remain on top. Tarleton State came from behind to defeat Utah Valley. That final was 72-61. to 61. They were down 15 points at the half and then really turned it on in the second half. Stephen F. Austin 
uh, they held off a hard-charging UTRGV team, 92-84. Elijah Elliott for UTRGV scored the most points of any player in the WAC this year, 40 on 13 of 23 shooting from the field, but it was in a losing effort for the Vaqueros. Latrell Giselle with 24 points for the Lumberjacks as, they, as SFA is battling a number of injuries. California Baptist winning a thriller against UT Arlington, 64 to 63. So the Lancers have now won six of their last seven. Seattle U also winning last night at Climate Pledge Arena, 75 to 52 over Abilene Christian. So a lot of good basketball being played. Uh, we mentioned the Tarleton State 72-61 win over Utah Valley. So a lot to look forward to on Saturday as we have Stephen F. Austin traveling to UT Arlington. Abilene Christian is at Utah Valley. We have Tarleton State making the trip up to Seattle U. California Baptist is at Utah Tech and Grand Canyon will host Southern Utah. Vegas is back. The best fans, championship basketball, all in exciting Las Vegas. Join us March 13th through the 16th at the Orleans Arena for the 2024 Hercules Tires WAC Basketball Tournament. Don't miss the crowning of a men's and women's champion. For more information, go to waxsports.com slash Vegas. Taking a look at the WAC women's basketball standings, Grand Canyon also on top there. They are 11-1. They did have a bye on Thursday night. We'll play Southern Utah on Saturday. California Baptist right in their rearview mirror, 10-1, 18-2 overall. They have now won five games in a row as they won a thriller in Arlington on Thursday night. Final of 94-92. Corey Webb getting the game winner in that as she continues her outstanding season, scoring over 30 points in that game. Perhaps the upset of the night happened in Edinburgh. UTRGV defeats Stephen F. Austin 62-49. Stephen F. Austin, the number three team in the league, now with a 9-3 record. UTRGV improving to 4-8. It's them in a tie for what would be the final spot in WAC Vegas. So a lot to be determined these last five weeks of the season. Utah Tech now 8-4 in WAC play as they defeat Southern Utah 87 to 77 on the road uh, behind a 20-plus point effort from Brianna Gillen. Abilene Christian getting a home win, 82-63 over Seattle U. ACU now 5-6 on the season, uh, well in the mix for their trip to WAC Vegas. And Tarleton State picking up a win against Utah Valley, 60-55, to the final in that one. Tarleton State now moves into that group with a 4-8 conference record where Utah Valley would now be on the outside looking in if the conference tournament started today. Coming up next, we're going to have Kendra talk with Molly Miller, the head women's basketball coach at Grand Canyon University. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. I'm Kendra Sheehan, now joined by Grand Canyon women's basketball head coach Molly Miller. Coach, it's always great to have you. I know you were just on a bye week, and so a little, little different things going on for you this week. Yeah, I, we play catch up as a staff and and then maybe have some check-in meetings with our players, get some individuals done. But um, it's a good week to regroup and uh, not feel like you're scrambling for the next one. So um, just taking it one day at a time. Looking at this team this year, 19-4, and 11-1 in conference play, this team just seems to be rolling. And 
for you as a coach, almost a, a good problem to have with so many players that are able to step up. How do you go about finding that right lineup when you have so many players that are capable of either starting or coming off the bench and putting up big numbers for you? Yeah, I, I think it's a challenge and a blessing in a way. Um, when we had um, you know, two of our two all-conference, all first-team preseason all-conference kids and, and Tran and T go down basically within a minute of each other. You can have a little, oh, panic moment. But I thought what our kids did really well is they just um, stayed ready. And those kids that kind of came in in their absence, we didn't skip a beat. So to me, the challenge really wasn't like, how do we replace maybe some that aren't available? It's like, how do we get them back in and still keep cohesiveness and chemistry? And I think this team has done a really good job of kind of accepting that, you know, whatever it looks like, just stay ready, stay available. Each game can look a little different in terms of prep or how we need to attack a, a certain um, defense. And I think for us, it's, it's, you know, we, we've gone through the ups and downs of availability and what players can can be available and who needs to step in and step up. And I hope that helps us down the road. You know, I, I hope that depth helps us and just that confidence in each other helps us knowing that it could be anyone's given night, but knowing that we got to stay patient and in the moment. And that's been a big um, push of ours. And I think our kids are handling it really well. Looking at the Eric Strupp sisters, they made an immediate impact. It felt like when you were down with Trini Santonio and Tiara Brown, what impressed you most about the way that they were able to, you know, be that energy, be that spark and, and help propel this team in critical games? Yeah, well, during the ebbs and flows of season, they were ready to come in. And when their name was called, they had no hesitation in stepping up for the team. And to me, I mean, I, I think you take, Sydney and Laura and look at them and and think, you know, now their role looks different, but they're still kind of have worked their way into the rotation. And that was because they were ready and available and willing when we needed them to be, when their role had to increase, if you will, with the absence of Trinity and, and T. So in, in my mind, that's given us confidence. I hope it's given them confidence. I know it's given their team confidence to know that you're capable and able to step in there as a starter, as a sub, as spot minutes, as a lot of minutes, whatever that looks like. I think that role acceptance for our team has been really pivotal in our success. And, you know, now it's February, you, you, you got to get down to, to business. So whenever we need you, whatever it may look like, just stay ready. That's what we keep on preaching. And the team's got a, a good job with that. This team seems to be rolling right along. And I wanted to address when you guys played Stephen F. Austin, you got your first conference loss. And, and sometimes I almost feel like losing can help you. Hey, we're early in the season, figure out what went wrong. Do you feel like that loss was able to teach this team, you know, better ways to be able to win and fight in certain situations that could help you come tournament time? I, I think that I think our team thinks that, you know, I, it's a shame that your wake up call has to come on the tail end of, you know, a, a loss, but that's what happens in the, like I said, the ebbs and flows of season. You kind of have to regroup and regroup and gather yourselves. And that's a moment where you're almost forced to take a step back and look, what do we need to do better? What did we do wrong that led to that result? And how do we come together as a team and make a change moving forward so that doesn't happen again? And um, we had some really positive and impactful practices, film sessions. They were intense but they were focused, they were bought in. 
So, you know, again, you, you hate for it to happen that way, but I definitely think it changed our trajectory and our mindset of what we needed to do moving forward. From where this team started the beginning of the year to where they are now, is it where you want this team to be? Do you feel like this team is continuing to peak at the right time as we're heading into February, less than five weeks away from WAC Vegas? That's it. That flew by. This, this is too, I want some more time with this team. I really enjoy coaching them, but um, the answer is no. I don't think any coach is ever satisfied where you're at. And I think that hunger has to trickle down to your team. I think they have to feel that, that we're not quite satisfied. We still have work to do. Um, a perfect example is this bye week. You know, you want to balance some good recovery, but you don't want to stop the competitive aspect of it. You know, I don't want to come in here and go through the motions and get some shots up just because we don't play on Thursday. I still want to compete. I want to do shell drill work. I want to do layup drills and finishing drills. And we're doing all, all that right now to kind of set the tone and the mentality. So I think that um, approach to things has been beneficial to our team. Just continue to compete every day and they're going to play hard. That's that's our brand. They're going to go out there and play hard. But what does it look like before the ball is tipped? Like, how are you approaching the game? And for the next, yeah, five, six, seven weeks, whatever it looks like, we've got to lock in and, and lock down and can't take any of uh, the days that we have leading up to the tournament um, for for granted. Looking at this weekend and, you know, not having that Thursday game, what's kind of going to be key when you're facing off against Southern Utah? This is a rematch of, of last year's semifinal, two different teams this year, of course, but, but keys to kind of keeping that momentum from the previous week and not getting too much out of rhythm without that Thursday game. Yeah, we're, we're competing with each other right now. Well, we threw the ball out yesterday, five on five and said, let's go, you know, and I think for us, it's just continue to get better at what we do. We're going to, we're going to prep for the next opponent, whatever it looks like. Um, but be honest with you, some of our best games have been um, more focused on us than the, than the opponent leading up to that. So we, we have to stay focused. I mean, Southern Utah, they're a, they're a team that's also had the the injury bug a little bit. So they're playing a little different, look a little bit different, but they're, they're scrappy. And those teams that play different with that edge, they're, they're dangerous. And they're um, very capable as we know, as you night in and night out at the wet in the whack, like it's just anything can happen. And that's how this conference works, which is exciting from a competitor standpoint, but also you've got to lock your kids in from a prep standpoint. And um, they're, they're a good basketball team. And when you go on the road, nothing's ever easy so I think we've got to not look too far ahead like focus on us this week but also when you're getting into prep kind of be a little bit more detailed the second time around I think you should know your opponents by now so we're looking at a lot of film um, in terms of you know what we did when we played them last time and what that looks like and it's a, it's a it's a deep dive but our deeper dive is on us Looking at Jada Holland has such a very unique story. She played for Grand Canyon 2019-2020 for Nicole Powell before you arrived. She went away and now she's back. Walk me through that recruiting journey, why she chose to come back to Grand Canyon, and it really seems like she's thriving in your system. Yeah, you know, when I first got the job, I wanted her to stay, obviously. She was a great impact, but um, understandably, she followed her coach and she um, had a had a journey that I don't think she would take back. You know, it, her and I joke around like, could you have really played for me that first year? Like knowing what you know now, she's like, 
probably not coach Miller. I, I think, uh, I don't know if I would have had the maturity and the, you know, the wherewithal to like understand all the ins and outs of it. So timing is everything. And this just happened to work out. I, I knew she had had success in the WAC before, and she had known some players that I had coached previously um, that were on her team prior to her departure. So um, she and I are on the same page, which it's nice to be on the same page as your point guard. She's a head seat point guard. She's got a high basketball IQ. She understands the game within the game. She understands how she needs to be my mouthpiece out there. So she's a good leader and she's a competitor, which, you know, makes us thick as thieves. We're both have the competitive juices in us. And I think that's something that sparks and unites us. And, you know, this is her, her best year yet. So we wanted to go on on a, on a high note and make it all worth it. And for, for me, I'm really happy that it was a full circle moment and I did end up coaching her. Looking at also uh, Trinity San Antonio, another interconference transfer from California Baptist. Now she's your team's leading scorer. How well has she adjusted to your system, bought into the way that you've played and been able to have so much success as well? The, the thing I love about Trin is she's going to go out there and her motor is on. Um, sometimes I got to figure out how to rein in that motor sometimes because she just will flat out go, go, go. And that's been a benefit to the system that we already had in place. But I think it's just taking it to the, the next level and how we want to push pace and tempo. And she's bought into the defensive system, too. I love when she gets a little fiery because she takes it out on the defensive end now. And you can just see her um, defensive heart and spark light. And I, I love that. And, and Trinity's one that's, again, a competitor. So it just works. Like we, I, I mesh really well with competitors. Those kids are wired the same as me. And, and she's no exception to that. And um, she just her growth too, as a person, you can kind of see, I've, I've challenged Trent. I, I don't think as a head coach, you can't challenge your best players on the court. And, um, you know, we've had conversations in my office on the core of like what it really looks like to be the complete package, because clearly she has basketball skill. Now, how does that translate into her leadership and to being a teammate into being someone, you know, I can coach and hold accountable. And she's really taken all that in. It's, it's definitely been a good process to get her in the system, not only on the court, but off the court. I imagine another competitor, this team really is filled with competitors. <laughs> you just look at them, but Nadia Evans with her buzzer beaters this season has stood out so much. Is she just in the gym working on, you know, throws from a distance from wherever she can and just working and, and now seeing that translate in the court, does it surprise you in any way that she's the one sinking those shots last minute? No, Nadia is constantly in the gym. I mean, I've, I had to make her this summer. I had to make her take a, a week off. Like she just loves it. She's a, she's what you'd call a hooper. You know, she loves the game. She's passionate about the game. All she wants to do is go out there and win. And she, she's got ice in her veins. You need someone like that on your team that just wants the ball in their hands is willing to take that shot, wants to take that shot, wants to put the teammate a team on their back. And she is that type of glue for us because she has been in the system for so long now. Um, from her freshman year, she's grown tremendously. I've been so proud of her growth again on and off the court, but she's a, she's a competitor and she will do anything for this team to help them win. And I love that spark about Nadia. Lastly, I kind of wanted to go back because when you just look at your non-conference slate and what you guys were able to do at Arizona State, getting a win at Idaho in overtime, 
how much did that prepare this team to to be battle tested in the WAC, and and how much confidence did that provide the group early on? Yeah, there was a lot of strategy in developing our non-conference schedule. We wanted to be challenged with this group because we knew we had the group that could um, step up and arise to the challenge. But for us, it was kind of one game at a time, and let's see how we can develop chemistry as a team. But we wanted to make practice harder than the games we wanted to challenge us in the non-conference so when we got to conference we were prepared and I think that mentality throughout has kept us competitive uh, I mean you'll go out to a practice it's it's tough mid-February I've said those are the dog days of seasons but if you go out to one of our practice we're still competing we're still going hard we're still working on the basics and the fundamentals and they're still engaged in those things that's what I really like about this group so it started in the non-conference I think how we approached that like we just didn't have a, a cakewalk throughout um, we played some really tough in the USA crossover teams I mean the games beating middle Tennessee state was kind of like a little notch on our belt. That was our highest net win. And um, that's a really good team that has seen the tournament before. And so that does give you confidence, but um, also every mountain is different to climb. I, I tell our kids this every day, no matter what we've been through, that's helped prepared us, but we can't like set our sights on anything, but what's the next mountain. Well, you have the opportunity to sweep Southern Utah this weekend at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time starts on ESPN+. Plus. That was head coach Molly Miller for Grand Canyon Women's Basketball. Thank you so much for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.